Thank you. We appreciate that. Welcome to each one of you in the auditorium, as well as those who are listening by dial-up or by our live stream. We have adjusted our live stream a little bit. That is, we're not, it's not all the services, but it is in the service today, so you certainly can dial up on the phone and listen. If you use your cell phone, it's not long distance. And use your speakerphone. You can listen to the service. I've done it at home. It works. It's good. So this particular service is live stream. Welcome to you. Welcome to each one in the auditorium, as well as our junior churches today. And also welcome Pastor Ed Rice, his wife Beverly, Pastor Shane Rice's dad from New York. So we're glad to have you here again. You can come back again anytime. <clears throat> glad to have you. I I thought about something that is each Jan this is not the message. <clears throat> each January the President of the United States is supposed to give a State of the Union in January. So I thought of giving a State of Anchor Baptist Church the last Sunday of February. Because I haven't really said a lot about it, we had our business meeting in January, and I'm just going to say a couple of things, because people have questions, and sometimes they don't ask them. I'll answer your question if you ask me, if I can, unless it's none of your business. <clears throat> I'll tell you my age, whatever. <clears throat> As you know, churches across the nation are struggling, including this one. But let me say that by and large, and I say this humbly but carefully, we're doing better than a lot of churches. Some of them are not meeting in their building. They're meeting in the parking lot or in tents. Some of them are limited to what they can have in their church, a certain percentage. This is in America. I'm not talking about the foreign field. And so now our attendance is down, as you obviously can tell. About 25% of what we were pre-COVID. And a lot of churches are worse than that. And I talk to preachers all the time because that's what I am. So that's who I talk to. And every church is struggling in their attendance. And so we're about about 25% approximately from what we were pre-COVID. Yet... I meant to mention this at our business meeting, but some of you may not have heard it. I went through our membership list and our prospects of people that come on a regular basis. I don't mean once a month, twice a month. We appreciate everybody coming no matter how often they come, but I mean solid people that are here all the time. And I was very discretionary because I was doing it. And I was just doing it for myself. I counted 40 Solid people of this church who, because of COVID and all this, probably are not comfortable, and we, we understand all that. 40 people. So on paper, I told Pastor Rice we can add, not to the congregation, but to ourselves, we can add 40 onto our attendance because that's the truth. And so, <clears throat> yes, attendance is down. I just saw a church in Maslin this week when I went by. They, they haven't even been meeting in their church. I guess they're having in-service in church services today. So we have been blessed. Our people have been very faithful financially. Either they put it in the box, the back of the auditorium on your way out, or they mail it in, or they give online. We have several people that drop by the church. Just, I guess they're going to Burger King and they stop by the church. I don't know, but they stop by the church and drop their offerings off. So our people have been faithful and we don't take that for granted. We praise the Lord, and we thank our people for the faithfulness in giving. And the Bible still says, <clears throat> where your treasure is, 
there were your harpy also. So I think that speaks uh, speaks of that. So I want to give you kind of a little bit of an update of that. So we praise the Lord, thank the Lord, and just give you an update on that. And I think it is, as someone said, it is coming back a little bit as people get a little more comfortable and things are straightened out. Will they ever straighten out? Oh, I don't know. Who knows? The world's never truly going to get straight out until Jesus comes. But, <clears throat> so what I'm saying is that kind of gives you a very mini report. And I would say that all our bills are paid. All our buildings payments paid. Everything's paid. Our missions are paid. We have good working balances. Again, we praise the Lord and thank our people. It's no secret where the money comes from. I'm looking at you and, and you're looking at me at home. That's what comes from the people of the church. So thank you for your faithfulness and keep up the good work and we're so thankful for that. <clears throat> yeah, if you have any other questions, I will ask them. If, I'll answer them after church if I can, but that's the gist of it. So even though we're struggling, like a lot of churches, we're doing pretty good, really. Now, can you find somebody that's doing better? Always. But most are doing worse, unfortunately. And that's sad, because what our country needs is churches that preach the Bible. That's what we need. That's the great. Now we need some other things. That's the greatest need. So anyway, thank you and praise the Lord. And as someone said, things are many times relative. They really are. I mean, remember when gas was twenty-five cents a gallon? Most of some of you don't. But people only made a dollar twenty-five an hour, so it's relative. Follow me. So things are relative. You had to think in those terms. Enough said. Today I'm finishing my May series on prayer and I think those who have left the deepest impression on this earth have been men and women of prayer and I don't mean just praying over your breakfast or your lunch that's good but it's prayer is more than that you find that prayer has been the mighty power that has moved not only God but man you got somebody you need you can't change I was going to say your husband. Since my wife's not in here, your husband, your wife, or some other person you want to change, and you can't change him, we know somebody who can. And that person is God, and your access to him is through prayer. So that's God to change him. Abraham was a man of prayer, and he just came down from heaven to converse with him. Jacob's prayer was answered. In a wonderful interview at Peniel that resulted in him having such a blessing and softening the heart of his brother Esau, as Brother Rice talked about in our adult class today. Let me encourage you again to, to come to Sunday school and be adult class and bring your kids and grandkids. That helps us build attendance up. The child Samuel was given to a woman who couldn't have children, and she prayed and asked God. And by the way, if you check it out, she asked God to give her a man child. You pray for what you get. And guess what she got? A man child. <clears throat> that was an answer to prayer. Elijah Jah, prayed for that it wouldn't rain for three and a half years, and then he prayed again that it would rain. It did. We should get him a job at Channel 8 doing the weather. <laughs> He'd do better than those guys sometimes. James tells us that the prophet Elijah was a man subject to like passions like we are. Elijah. With that powerful prayer, 
we sometimes think these prophets, these Old Testament people, New Testament people, Paul, these guys, we think, oh, they're just, they're people. They're not any, I don't want to deprecate them, but <clears throat> we build them up like they're up here next to God. They're people like you and me. And so the point is that you and I have the same opportunity and privilege of prayer. Remember when Elijah again prayed another time for God to send fire down from heaven? Now, if you don't think that's a big deal, you try after church and let me know. He's, and if I remember right, it was 63 words. And he said, he said, God called fire from heaven. And you know what? God did it. We're talking about, <clears throat> we're talking about prayer. By the way, the prophets of Baal also prayed. They prayed to God that doesn't exist. The prayer is in God is the God of the Bible. There's, you, can, you can pray all you want, but if it's not the God of the Bible, you're not going to get any answers. God, the God of Elijah, still lives. Even though Elijah's not here today, I want to sit down and talk to that boy. I hope we have the, the, the CD, CD and the DVD of that one. I want to see what that one's like. We have the same privilege for prayer. Elisha, Elijah's successor, Elisha prayed, and a life came back to a dead child. Pretty wild, wasn't it? It was an answer to prayer. Manasseh was a wicked, this one, this one puzzles me. Manasseh was a wicked, wicked king. Go back and read the Old Testament. Yet in Babylon, when he prayed and asked God to help him, he was taken out of prison and put on the throne at Jerusalem. It's kind of interesting if God would answer his prayer, you think he'd answer the prayer of his own children? At 2021, isn't this a time of distress with a great number of our fellow men, women, people, and children? The answer is yes. But by the way, Jesus said in the world you're going to have tribulation. He didn't mean the tribulation of revelation. He meant tribulation problems. Job said man is born into trouble as the sparks fly upward. So Jesus, did they have problems in Jesus' day? Yeah. We're going to have them too. So it is a time of special distress. There's no question about it. And I won't enumerate this morning because if you watch the news, you get enough depressed watching that. Many people's hearts are burdened. And as we go to the throne of grace and talk to God, we need to remember God answers prayer. God answers prayer. I think of Samson. <clears throat> Samson, of course, as you may or may not know his story, Samson, at the very end of his life, he was taken captive. His eyes were put out. When I read that, I, I start hurting. His eyes were put out. He was bound to the columns of the temple. And the last thing he did, so he prayed, so God, give me the strength to pull all this stuff down and go. And you know the story. He did, and God gave him the strength. <clears throat> God gave him the strength. He pulled the columns down. And the Bible says he killed more people in his death than in his life. It was all a result of prayer. He asked God to help him. God chose to answer his prayer and help him. We're talking about prayer. Daniel prayed to God, and Gabriel came to tell him, he was a man greatly beloved of God. Three times the message came to him from heaven in answer to his prayer. And by the way, Daniel was not affected at all by the den of lions 
It wasn't just a lion's den. It was a den of lions, meaning there's more than one. One would make me a little nervous. But a whole den of them? God answered his prayer. In the New Testament, we find that Cornelius, he was an Italian. The Bible says he's of the Italian band. I don't think it meant he played an instrument. But Cornelius prayed, and Peter was sent to tell him words where he, whereby he and his family could be saved. Go back and read it in the book of Acts. It all came in answer to prayer. <clears throat> Peter, the Bible says that the church paid, prayed for Peter when he was in jail. And it says it this way. As Peter was in jail, <clears throat> prayer was made continually of the church for him. He was in jail. What was the prayer? God, get him out. Not hard to Guess what happened? He got out. In answer to the church praying that he would get out. <clears throat> so all through the scriptures, I'm not going to do that this morning for sake of time. You find that when believing prayer went up to God, the answer came down. God's up, we're down. So the prayer goes up to him, it comes down to us. I think it would be a very interesting study to go through the Bible and see what is what has happened while God's people have been on their knees calling on him. <clears throat> Again, we don't have time for that, but you have your people do that and get back to my people. I think that study would encourage our faith, would strengthen our faith. I've only mentioned a few. It would encourage us to pray and challenge us to pray more than what we do. Again, think of Paul and Silas in the prison in Philippi. They prayed and sang praises at midnight. I'm not sure I would be. I think I'd be sawing logs and crying. So you're not very spiritual. Maybe you're not either. Dead silence. You're in prison for preaching, and you're in jail. And at midnight, they were singing praises. And they were praying. And guess what? The Philippian jailer was saved. Now it's my opinion that they prayed, knowing Paul. He said, Lord, give me an opportunity to witness to this guy. He didn't have his tracts. He didn't have his whole Bible. But I believe he asked God to help him witness to him. And you know what? It happened. Not only did he get saved, his whole family got saved. And Paul got a meal out of the deal. What a country, huh? He got a meal out of the deal. <clears throat> Remember when Stephen prayed and he looked up and he saw the heavens opened and the Son of Man at the right hand of God? The light of heaven fell on his face so that he shone. And remember, too, when Moses went up the mountain to meet with God, he came down. The Bible said his face shone. He wasn't radioactive, but his face shone because he had been with God. I wonder if our faces shine, maybe not in the exact same way, because we have been with God. I think to agree they should. People know something different when we're in communion with him. <clears throat> our Savior was a man of prayer. Uh, and certainly we need, he's an example for us in every area of life, but especially in prayer. Here's an interesting fact. Did you know this? That in the Bible, the recorded word of God, we have only a count of 62 days of his life. We know he lived 33 and a half years. Yeah, I know that too. But the actual counts of his days of his time here on earth, we have 62 days. 
And you know what? He spent a lot of that time in prayer. Very, very interesting. Christ was praying at his baptism, and he prayed the heavens opened, and the Holy Ghost descended on him and said, This is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. So maybe you need to follow the Lord in baptism, so the Lord be pleased with you also. We're getting a load up if you need to follow him. We'll set a date. It also says, Jesus, it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray, and he continued all night in prayer. Wow. And you know what he did the next day after he spent all night in prayer? Go back and read it. He chose the twelve. Now, maybe, maybe it's just me. I'm confused by that. If he's God and knows everything, why do he have to spend all night in prayer to choose the twelve? When you figure it out, get back to me. He was God, but he was a man. I think part of the answer is, and that's the only one I have, is that he was setting an example. Wouldn't you say the 12 disciples, excuse me, the 12 apostles were chosen out of disciples, followers, wouldn't you say that was a big decision? What kind of decisions do we make that we spend in prayer? Sometimes people say, I don't need to pray about this, I'm just going to do it. Maybe we need to spend more time in prayer about things instead of just deciding what we're going to do. Even though Jesus felt the need to do that, I did it. I think he did it partly, for example. <clears throat> and so we need to follow his example. In the Gospel of John, we read that Jesus at the grave of Lazarus lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, he was praying, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Heard him what? Heard him pray. And I know that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou sent me. And he calls Lazarus out of the grave. Let's see you do that. Maslin Cemetery, I'll meet you there after church today. We'll go down and see, if you, see how good you can, you can do that. That literally happened. It was involved to prayer. Now he's God, he can do anything. But he chose to pray and ask the Father to help him. That's what we need to do. We're talking about prayer. <clears throat> Before Jesus spoke life to the dead, he spoke to his father. The reason why we so often fail in our moving our fellow man is that we try to win them without first getting power with God. Oh, I know what verses to use. I know what to say. You do. What about God helping you and the power of God speaking to people's hearts? The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will draw them. Not you and me. Not our wisdom. Not our intellect. Not, well, I've done this before. By God's power, it comes through prayer. <clears throat> we read again in the 12th chapter of John that Jesus prayed to his Father. I think this is a very sad chapter of the Bible. <clears throat> he was about to leave the Jewish nation and make atonement for the sin of the world. And he, Jesus said this, he's praying again to the Father. He said, now is my soul troubled. Why? Excuse me, because he knew what was coming. He knew exactly what was coming. <clears throat> and can I say it in these words? It wasn't pretty. And so he said, now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause... Came I unto this hour. Remember what he said in Luke, 19, I think 19 and verse 10? For the Son of Man is come. 
to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why he came. Now he healed people, he fed people. That's not why he came. Those were side deals. He raised Lazarus from the dead, but that wasn't really why he came. He came to save people, provide salvation. So he's praying there in John 12, and he says, I don't really want to do this. I'm talking in the flesh, but I know it's what your will is. Sometimes we have to come to that conclusion. Lord, I don't really want to do this. I don't like this. And maybe you can see some of the things that are going to happen. He perfectly knew what was going to happen. We don't always know. We think we know, don't we? Do you ever think you know what's going to happen? It's really bad and it's not as bad as what you think. You say, that wasn't so bad after all. You know, like going to the dentist. <laughs> Next. <clears throat> or a circumstance that wasn't as bad as what you thought it was. Think about this. Jesus knew that, that he was going to be denied. He knew that he was going to be sold for 30 pieces of silver. He knew, he knew all the pain and agony. He knew the weight of all the sins of mankind put on him, the innocent, sinless one. No wonder he said, now my soul is troubled. I think I'd be troubled too. But he was praying. So you know what that also tells us? We need to pray when we're in stress. So many times we don't. <clears throat> we don't pray. We stress out. And we think about it more and more and more and more and more. You try to go to bed and you think about it more and more and more. I'm looking at people who have done that at least a time or two, don't we? And then you can't get any sleep. And you know what? You wake up tired and you haven't accomplished a thing. Oh, what pain we offer for, for. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All we because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. What does that mean? I know it's not a Bible verse. <clears throat> Everything means everything. Jesus did it. I'm going to choose disciples, Lord, help me. I'm going to die on the cross. Would you help me? Do you think God helped him on the cross? I think he did. I don't know how he did it physically, humanly, but he did. And then the weight of the sin of the world on him. <clears throat> or I draw your attention to the recorded fact that four times the answer came to Jesus right down from heaven while he prayed to God. While he was praying, now that's the kind of prayers I'm working toward. They happen while I'm praying them. So far, I'm not doing too good. Maybe you're doing better if you are. Bump bubbles with me after church. Maybe the rub off. But it did happen to Jesus at least four times in the Bible. First time was his baptism. Again, on the Mount of Transfiguration, God appeared and spoke to him. Then when the Greeks came desiring to see him, the voice of God was heard responding to his call. Again, the Garden of Gethsemane, we just talked about that. Direct response was given. These things are recorded for us in God's word that we might be encouraged to pray. We read his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. They were with him. They heard him pray. They knew him. They knew he was a person of prayer. Now the Bible does not say that he taught them how to preach. Which is interesting because <clears throat> he sent them forth to preach. Go back and read it. But he didn't teach them how to preach. <clears throat> and they couldn't go online, online Bible college or to a Bible college. He sent them to preach, but they asked him, teach us to pray, and he taught them how to pray. <clears throat> wow. <clears throat> 
The prayer of our Lord to his disciples, we commonly call it the Lord's Prayer. And I think it's been said more than once that really his real prayer is in John 17. We call that the high priestly prayer. Matthew 6 would be called like the model or example prayer. The longer in John 17 is the longest prayer on record that Jesus made. You can probably read it in about three or four minutes. You can do that after church. <clears throat> I think we might learn a lesson here, though. Jesus' prayer were short when he offered them in public. Long when they were in private. Go back and evaluate it in that sense. I've heard some guys pray. Most all oh men, and I'm going to use my word because it's a good word, they're gas bags. I'm thinking, who is this guy praying to? <clears throat> Who is he trying to impress? He goes on and on and on. All these big words, all this kind of baloney. I'm thinking, he's making God tired. There is a verse in the Bible that says, God said, you have wearied me with your words. I've heard some people pray, mostly men, who wearied God with their words, and they made me kind of whacked out too. Go back and study Jesus' life again. His public prayers were very brief. That's why he called the guy who prays the least before you eat, a guy who prays just a little bit. Thank you for this grub, amen. That's the guy you call on. Then when you're alone with God, that's a whole different story. Remember, he spent the whole night in prayer. That, that was not a short prayer. Remember the publican's prayer? Not the republican. They have, they have prayers too. <laughs> this is the publican tax collector. Remember what he said? God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Pretty simple prayer, huh? Pretty easy prayer, right to the point. Remember the Syrophoenician's woman? Her prayer was, Lord, help me. Anything wrong with that? Do you remember the prayer that Peter prayed when he was sinking? He didn't say, oh, our mighty God and heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful Sabbath day and on, 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 on. This guy's drowning. He prayed a prayer of three words. Lord, save me. He was asking God to help Jesus to help him from drowning. Guess what? Jesus said, I will, and he did. I guess that prayer was answered. They don't have to be long ones. Lord, save me. So he was saved. The prayers that brought immediate answers were generally brief. Generally. Now, don't pray for one minute, then turn around and watch the baseball game for three hours. So I prayed. Well, there's some there's a balance in that. <clears throat> in Jesus' prayer of John 17, he made seven requests. One for himself, four for his disciples, and two for disciples of succeeding ages, that would be you and me. Six times in that one prayer, he repeats that God had sent him because the world he lived in thought of him as, ah, he's just some... Well-meaning, crazy guy. He was God, the flesh. And so he was kind of verifying that and said, God sent me. Making it plain to them. He also speaks of the world nine times in John 17 and makes mention of his disciples and those who believe on him 50 times. That's why it's really the Lord's Prayer, John 17. Jesus' last prayer on earth, on the cross, you remember? 
Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. That's pretty much to the point, isn't it? A short prayer. That's what he prayed. And actually, if you remember, there was a Roman soldier there, a centurion. And remember what he said? As he watched all the events unfold, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. It's my opinion that soldier received Christ as Savior. It's also my opinion that God answered Jesus' prayer to save that man. After all, isn't that why he came? To save people? Men of God and women of God are men and women of prayer. Prayer holds a high place among the exercise of spiritual life. Oh, yeah, you need to read your Bible. That's important. Yeah, we need to come to church. We need to do a lot of things. We call them Christian graces, certainly. But prayer has got to be at the top of the list. <clears throat> prayer is like breath. You, if you don't breathe, you ever had trouble you can't breathe? Like you had pneumonia really bad, and I'm not trying to be unkind because I've had it myself. And I thought I couldn't breathe. I was in the hospital, and they called the, all the crash, whatever it is, code red. And they're all sitting around watching me, and I'm going, I can't breathe. Why do you people help me? I'm going, <laughs> I mean, I was freaking out. And I, there's like eight people all watching me. I'm like, are they counting the hairs on my head? What are they doing? My wife said later, they're waiting for you to pass out. Well, I didn't pass out, but it was scary. <clears throat> you have to have air to breathe. If you don't breathe, you die. Hence, I was scared. I was so scared, I was scared. And so obviously I didn't die because I'm still here. But the point is, without air, you don't live. If somehow we could become convinced Christians, I don't mean convinced here, I mean convinced here, that if I don't pray, I don't live. You'll have to convince yourself. I can't convince you. But it's the truth. If you don't pray as a Christian now, you're not going to live, you're not going to function. I mean, that's how important it is. The first true sign of spiritual life, of a spiritual life, is prayer. And so we need to have it, do it, and maintain it. You breathe all the time. You do it. Breathing is an involuntary action. You don't say, oh, I've got to breathe. Now, I have to do it sometimes. <clears throat> but most people, when you breathe, you breathe automatically. It's involuntary. We should think about that prayer instead of waiting until the last minute to pray about stuff. Sometimes it's the last thing we do. Oh, I guess I better pray about this. Nothing else is working out. <laughs> instead of starting there, <clears throat> realizing without breath, without prayer, you're not going to make it. Remember when Jesus said like Luke 18.1, that men are always to pray and not to faint? And I think he meant there many things. One is, don't quit praying. And we find, this is my exposition of the verse, those that pray, don't quit. Why do Christians quit God, quit the church, quit whatever? They quit praying at home. Oh, they might pray for the Cheerios. Frosted Cheerios are good. Don't get the ones without the sugar, though. Those are nasty. <laughs> You gotta have the get the frosted Cheerios. I think I'm gonna get some of those this week. I haven't had those in seven years since I had some. I get I think they'll taste good. 
Yes, you can pray at your meal. That doesn't mean you're praying to God, get in contact. Are you listening? We need to get alone with God. Jesus got alone. Remember when he told the disciples? His believer, you guys sit over here for a while. I'm going to go over here and pray for a while. And in context, the first time he prayed for about an hour. Because he came back and the boys were sleeping. Hey, what's with you guys? Couldn't you watch with me one hour? Isn't that what he said? And he says, you guys be alert, be awake, be sober. I'm going back to pray some more. He was praying to his father by himself. That's when we talked about this before, about praying in your closet. Not literally go in your closed closet, but privately. We have to have that private prayer. People who continue their private prayer life don't quit. That's not a verse, but it's the absolute truth. And there in, the, in, the, in that example prayer, I think there are nine elements which were essential to true prayer, which is what we're talking about. The first... <clears throat> is adoration. That is, we can't meet God on the level as we are. We're talking to him because we need him. We're talking to him because he's got the power. Isn't he all-powerful? Isn't he all-knowing? Isn't he all-seeing? He's God. We're not on the same level with him. I get a little irritated. These people talk to God like he's their good old buddy. He's God. We, we try to bring God down on our level. No, we need to bring ourselves up to his level. <clears throat> so when we talk to him, we're not just talking to some guy down the street. We're talking to God. And as we know, it's a privilege to talk to him. Adoration, adore him. Remember the Christmas song we sing? Oh, come let us adore. Oh, I can sing. <clears throat> oh, come let us adore him. <clears throat> let me get some air. <clears throat> oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. That's the special for today, in addition to the other good one. That one was better. <clears throat> so we should adore him. Who else who we're talking to? <clears throat> Someone said this, if I omit praying and reading God's word in the morning, nothing else goes right the rest of the day. I think many of us can relate to that. A great deal of my time, someone else said, is spent in getting my heart in tune for prayer. It's the link that connects earth with heaven. Those nine elements, adoration. Then in the, in the model prayer example prayer we go on, the next is confession. Sin must be out of the way. We have to make sure there's nothing between us, between us and God. So we must have confessed sin for God to hear it. He's not going to hear your prayer if you have confessed, unconfessed sin. You can pray to your blue in the face. <clears throat> Restitution, I think, is another element of these nine. We have to make things right to the best of our ability. The next one is thanksgiving. Be thankful for what God has done for us already. <clears throat> and in specific, an answer to prayer. Then comes forgiveness and then unity. And then for prayer, such as these things produce, there must be faith. Think about it. You're talking to someone you can't see. By the way, you don't need to see him for him to work. You ask him to save you, he wasn't there, was he? I'm not trying to be disrespectful to God, but I'm saying he wasn't there when he saved when you asked him to save you, but you believe he saved you by faith. And on it. so we pray by faith, we're believing that he's listened to us, that he hears us. 
I think sometimes we hear a good deal of praying that is just exhorting. Then we hear we hear much prayer that's simply finding fault. Do you ever hear somebody pray and find fault? There needs to be more petition in our prayer, things we're asking God for to help us with. <clears throat> All of these, there must be submission. Submission what? To the will of God. Now, there's nothing wrong with praying for what you want. Didn't Jesus say, let this cup pass from me? Do you think he meant it? I think in the flesh he meant it. Why would he pray it? <clears throat> but then he, at the end of the prayer, remember he came to the conclusion. Okay, this is what I'm asking, but Lord, what's your will? And whatever your will is, I'm going to submit myself to your will. Not you submit yours to mine. I'm going to submit mine to you. Submission, that's what we have to do. That Lord, this is what I want. Ask him. This is what I want to happen. Ask him. And realize, Lord, what's your will? Because God sees better than we do. He knows the end from the beginning. And God knows a couple more things than you and I know. And so God may say, may not answer your prayer the way you want it because God knows there's some purpose. We must be ready to accept God's will. Sometimes I've heard people say, well, I prayed about this and God didn't do what I wanted him to do. And they don't say this, but what they're saying is, I'm mad at him. You know who loses when you're mad at God? You think God loses? You lose, and you're a, can you say jerk in church? You're a jerk. <clears throat> and you affect everybody else around you. You ever been around a Christian with a bad attitude? I have. It's not fun. So we must be willing to accept the will of God. If God doesn't, then fine. If he doesn't, at least he listened to you. Your case was heard. God's not going to fruit. He's going to say, don't talk to me. I'm busy. Talk to the hand. Remember that? Talk to the hand. Talk to this hand. I'm busy. I'm listening to all these people at once. You and I can only talk to one person at a time. Well, one your cell phone, one landline, and the wife talking to you. Maybe three. God can talk to millions of people. Or listen, I should say more correctly, he can listen to millions of people. I can't do that. That's why he's God. That's why we pray to him. We need to commit ourselves to prayer. We need to commit ourselves to ourselves to pray. Now we do each January, don't we? Say, I'm going to read my... Hey, I committed myself to read my Bible through this year, and I guess what I'm right on. Today I'm, Today I read Deuteronomy 3 and 4. So tomorrow, March 1st, will be Deuteronomy 5 and 7. I decided not to be a rebel. Sometimes I bounce around. This year I'm going to be good. So I'm right on. I'm reading right through as it's given to me. What's, I committed myself to do it. I'm the pastor. We need to commit ourselves to prayer. Say, oh, yeah. need to commit yourself, just like you did your Bible, so I'm going to pray too. Maybe during the time you're praying or reading your Bible or after. That's always a good time. You know why? There's something about reading this book that you get the right attitude. Do you ever have a wrong attitude and read God's word somehow? The other day I said to the Lord, now, Lord, of course it was just me and him, not the wife. I said, now, Lord, what I'm going to do today, I'm going to read your word first, then I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to reverse order. I guess it was okay because that's what I did. It helps me a little bit. 
It's a wonderful book. It's not like any other book. So we need to commit ourselves to reading this book and committing ourselves to prayer. You need to renew yourselves. I know it's January. No, it's February 28th. It's still new in the year. You need to commit yourself to prayer. And guess what? I can't do it for you. I'd like to. If I could somehow, I'd commit every person to it and do it for you. I can't. You have to do it. Maybe you need to think of a time and a place. Everybody has, has to find some place where there's nobody. I don't go to the basement anymore. I don't like it down there. But I also don't have any children at home. My situation's different than some of yours, so I shut the door. I mean, don't bother me. Don't talk to me. I'm busy. I'm talking to the Lord or I'm eating, doing stuff you're not supposed to see. I can't eat whatever. Usually it means the girls know if the door's shut, don't bother me. So maybe you need to do that. Maybe you could go in the bathroom and lock the door. Make sure you have two, because as sure as you go in the bathroom to pray, you know what's going to happen? Daddy, i got to go to the bathroom. I can't hold it. Are you with me? It seems like every time I sit down to seriously pray, the phone rings. It's like, oh, I know the phone's going to ring, so I must well start praying and get it over with. There'll be some distraction. You have to make up your mind. You have to be focused, and you're going to do it. It's going to benefit you. I'm telling you to help you. That's my job as your pastor. And the Word of God would bear this out, all these messages. Now, there's more in prayer than five little messages. You know that. But we need to keep doing it regularly, consistently, and watch God work and answer your... See, it's wonderful when the church shares an answer in prayer for somebody you know it's we've been praying for. That's great. We're all happy about that. But it's so much better. Is that a double superlative? Anyway, it's, it's a lot better if it's your prayer and you pray and you get an answer. It means more to you. Are you with me? And so, guess what? This is really the gist of the whole thing. God cannot answer prayers that are not prayed. Isn't that wild? God does not answer prayers that are not prayed, so we need to pray them. Then he said, Jesus, if you have not, because you ask not. That's, that's another way of saying, you don't pray, so you ain't getting it. Let's stand, please, with our heads bowed for just a moment. Maybe you need to commit yourself to prayer. Maybe you need to hit the altar and say, oh, Lord, I'm committing myself to pray more. I don't think there's a person in this room, including the preacher, who would say, well, I can't pray anymore. You probably can. And if you get in trouble, you probably will. Father, speak to all of our hearts, those in the auditorium, those who are listening on YouTube, Facebook, those who are listening by dial-up. Would you challenge each of us again today with the important matter of prayer, how we need to do that to breathe spiritually, and without it we die spiritually. Remind us of the prayers you have answered that will be encouraged to go on. Challenge us to do more in sincere prayer. We pray in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. This penis begins to play. If God's spoken to your heart, <clears throat> challenged you, maybe you need to just commit yourself to the Lord to do that. Maybe you need to come to the altar and cement it in your own heart and mind. 
that you're going you're gonna to do this just like you committed to reading your Bible, you're going to commit to praying each day. Well, maybe just a moment. Maybe there's something you want to pray about personally. Somebody you want to pray about. Nothing wrong with that. Maybe somebody you're praying to be saved. Take just a minute at the altar and pray for them to be saved and go back to your seat. I'll wait just a moment. I'll wait just a moment. just part of another verse that we're going to close. If you're listening or watching at home, take just a moment, bow your head, and commit yourself to the matter of prayer. You will be blessed because of it. Well, we wait just a moment. Close.